here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. How are you, my friend? We are good. Um, destruction is over and uh, lots to talk about, lots to uh, sink our teeth into, ramifications uh, throughout, um, big a title change on one of the shows that we less missed last week because, of course, we record and it has a shelf life of about 24 hours, if that. But this show will uh, have a long life, and we'll get into it right out of the gate, I'm sure, because, I mean, there's certainly a lot to talk to talk about, and um, all roads lead to Wrestle Kingdom, and I think uh, I think we have a couple programs uh, already set in stone. Have you had a chance to dip into any of the sumo? Because the Akibasha has come to a close, and we have a champion, it's the Yokozuna Hakuho, who went 15-0 and wow. throughout this tournament with a really quite remarkable run uh he was just imperious nobody could touch him and got me delving into some other sumo wrestlers and some famous ones from history and i found out about this guy called asa shoryu who was the bad boy of sumo wrestling and i found this little excerpt from an article asa shoryu brawled with other wrestlers in the communal bath he barked at referees an almost unthinkable offense he pulled another wrestler's hair a breach that made him the first yokozuna ever disqualified from a match rikishi expected to wear kimonos and sandals in public asa shoryu would show up in a business suit he would show up drunk he would accept his prize money with the wrong hands and one time he said he was out injured and ended up uh, appearing to play a, in a charity soccer match. So <laughs> this guy sounds brilliant. Yeah, he sounds like a great offer rally, right? <laughs> he really does. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, it's I, I, here's the thing. I, I think it's um, it's I it's, it, it, it's not boring. That's certainly not it, right? Um, it's they're quick and they're easy to digest. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I think I need a little bit more. I don't know. I, I, I tried. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I gave it. I'll my, tell you what you need. Okay, Dave, give me what, this, I need. what you need is a, a beginner's guide to sumo podcast. Ooh, and hopefully, hopefully, we've got a couple of people that we know working on that in the not too distant future. So watch this space because there might be just the ticket you need to get yourself into sumo. I and can't I wait. Said I'd give it a, a shout out to. Nicole, who did predict the Hakuho going 15-0 thing. So, yeah, keep, keep an eye on her Twitter at Booze Leprechaun. You might some, see some interesting things coming up soon. Uh, so aside from the sumo, uh, TV recommendation from me. Have you seen American Vandal? 
American Vandal. I feel like yeah. this whole day has been you sending me stuff. Did you watch this? And me being like, nope, <laughs> I didn't see that. Nope. American Vandal. No. I'm here's the one thing that you gotta know about me though, Joel, is that I'm not a huge like TV watching kind of guy or movie kind of guy. Like I never go to the movies. I never watch like I don't have a Netflix account. I don't have fun. I don't I watch sports, I watch wrestling, and I'll watch like an old fucking sitcom. That is that's really kind of like my wheelhouse, and I'll watch like YouTube videos. But remind me of what I did watch this week because I want to share it with you because I I, I want to know if you know anything about this because I was absolutely fucking fascinated with it. But you go ahead first. Tell me about American Vandal. Uh, well, season one was I think sometime last year. Season two's just come out, and it's like a mockumentary sort of pastiche on these things like making a murderer, like these sort of forensic uh, detective kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a comedy. So the story is about in a high school, there's a series of shit-related pranks and people are trying to find out who did it. I'm not really doing it justice, but it is really, really funny. And it does capture that uh, the essence of all these uh, sort of crime-related murder mystery things very, very well. So definitely worth your time. Okay, then, so I have a friend okay, who's who, what have you seen? Well, I have a friend who's in love with those type of things, um, and she uh, that might be right up her alley. So I might pass that recommendation on to her. She's she's into like like murder podcasts and like like not like you know like who did it murder podcasts like those kind of things. So maybe that would be perfect. All right, here's what here's what I have been watching, and I've been nearly been obsessed with it. Okay, so apparently. And again, I'm speaking completely at my ass because I'm not Japanese, but from what I understand and looking up online and what this is about. So in Japan, apparently there is a thing, and it's – I don't know the exact term, but it's like your child's first chore or first um, like public chore. So I'll give you an example. Kids – and when I mean kids, I mean three – four, five years old, the mom or the dad sends them out to the store alone. And they are to get certain items at the store and obviously return home safely, right? So I'm thinking like, oh my God, these kids are so little and so young. And I'm panicking as they're crossing the street and they go into the shops and they get lost on their way home. And I'm absolutely fucking compelled with this because the kids, Joel, I am not lying to you. And you know me. I don't give a fuck about anything, right? I am the worst. I feel like sometimes I need a heart transplant because I just don't give a shit, right? I am nearly in tears watching these little kids and I'm rooting for them to fucking – Please come on, come on! You can cross the street. Please be safe. I'll oh, get the shit. Uh, get, get get that you know the shrimp that you need. And um, just I'm rooting these kids on, and the the kids panic and they're crying and they're. But it, it, the weird thing about it is, is that everybody knows what's going on, right? So people walking in the street know that this is what this is. This is their the kid doing their first chore, um, and the shop owners know, and so it's kind of like this whole community thing where everybody knows what's going to happen and what's happening so they kind of look out for the kids a little bit and take care of them but they don't do too much for the kids because it's about the kids achieving this goal and doing these tasks 
I couldn't be more compelled. I was emotionally involved. They're all on YouTube. Like if you YouTube any of this, it's unbelievable. Um, how what should I search for? Um, a Japanese children first chore. So that's probably what you'll find. Um, there was one, Joel, the kids were, couldn't be, one was maybe five. The other one, I promise you, I would be shocked if she's out of diapers, right? And what happened was right out of the gate, they turned the corner and the kid, one, the little kid falls and scrapes her knee pretty decent. Like it was a, it was a, a sizable scrape. So she's hobbling and hobbling. So the older kid, get, you know, they get the place number. They get to like they had to go to like three places. They get to the place. They get lost a little bit, and the sun's going down now, right? And it's night, and the kid is starting to get tired. Like the baby is starting to get tired, and she doesn't want to walk anymore. Joel, I kid you not, the five year old is carrying the three year old. Picks up the and like she can't even carry. She's carrying these bags and carrying these kids, and she has to stop and rest. And it picks up the kid, and ca- it was. Gut wrenching. I couldn't fucking. I was. I was nearly in tears watching this. Um, it's unbelievable. It, there's a whole series of them. Um, if you're into, it, I was fascinated by it. So that's what I've been watching for the past week. Um, my wife actually, she she was the one that that uh, brought these to my attention, and we were just sitting there looking at each other like, oh my fucking god, these kids are great. But eh. I've searched for it. Is it my first errand? That's that it. Right my one? first errand. Yes, that would be it. And there's like a, probably a series of them. There's like eight of them or nine of them that are on YouTube. Yes, my first errand. I do remember last time I was in Japan, we were walking around somewhere. It might have been near Kobe, actually, seeing very, very small children. I think they were on their way home from school just by themselves. And then you see like a, a local police officer helping them out and helping them cross the road and showing them where to go and just all the local people just uh, there was just this real sense of community there like yeah you could trust uh, yeah. the town as it were to take care of your kids like there yeah. wouldn't be any danger of letting your kids walk around by themselves i couldn't imagine that doing school. it here like honestly if somebody saw that the first phone call would be to the police and then they would probably be like where are your parents kids you know and then it would be okay wait for the cops to come <laughs> right that would be it they would would never even dream of something like that happening here um especially with all the fucking creeps that are out there um i, I was i was blown away and again joel these are not like 10 year olds or nine year olds these kids i swear to you five six four like they are little kids that are going to the market, and they look adorable. They're all dressed up. Ah, oh, it's just so fucking cute. All right, so there you go. There's, there's our. Uh... Do they have like the massive school bags? That's yeah, one thing I yeah. Noticed. yeah, the massive school bags, and then they have like, um, like one, one of them. It was raining, so that they had this like, like this adorable little raincoat. Oh, why they do it so well there? We stink here in the states. Stink on ice. That's what we do. Um, yeah, I was just like I said, I, I, I am not sentimental and i'm not like i i'm you know whatever but that that dug right into that cold shallow heart of mine and i was like wow i do have one feeling and it hit it right right and nail right on the fucking head um watch them there it's unbelievable you'll 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 be hooked if you watch one you'll watch them all i, I promise you that i do obviously be, being a elementary school teacher in china do have a soft spot for mm. the kids but uh Sometimes I see really cute things like that and I think, oh, that's lovely. But then you see them 
pissing and shitting in the middle of the street and everything. Uh, kind of ruins the effect. A little bit. Well, I'm sure there's some editing. The yeah, the, the stool is edited out of the of the broadcast. But I blame the parents for that one. Like literally, they'll just you know, if your kid says, "I want to go to the toilet." Yeah. to me I would say wait until we get home or wait until we get to this place with the toilet kids but can't the wait parents here are just like actually it's usually not the parents I think it's usually grandparents taking care of them that do things like this it's a person of a certain generation here who lived through events that must have been quite traumatising yeah. uh, who just like okay that's it just drop like your pants right in the middle of the right street? next to the bus stop yeah, yeah. oh oh boy yeah you gotta yeah you gotta take them into a well, here's the thing, too. Have you ever, in Japan, I don't know if you have these in China. Maybe you do. I don't know. Um, we're, le- we're learning a lot about culture today here, Joel. Um, do you do you have those? It's like in the West, we don't have any of this. Like those, the, the, the hole in the, on the floor toilets. Have you ever come across one of those in Japan? Um, not so much in Japan. Japan, I see more of the electronic ones. But in China, yeah, a lot of the, the squatty potty yeah. toilets. Fuck that, I can't dude. use those. Nope, me neither. I saw that. I There's wa- something like uh, about Asian people. Like they're really good at squatting, and they do it from a young age. And even the kids, they seem really comfortable just squatting. And I just don't understand how they do it because I, I tried to that. I can't do it for more than about two seconds. It's me really either. painful. Yep, me too. Me too. I would. I would be the guy that would fall headfirst into the fucking toilet. I swear to God, I'd be like, I would find a way to clumsily walk out with a face full of shit because I'm a klutz and I would never be able to do it. I I, I walked in and walked out. I, I literally was like, nope, nope, it, bye. I'm, I'll hold it. I'll be fine. Um, yeah, I tried it once and it was not pretty. I, I, I will hold it in next. I'd rather shit myself than try and negotiate <laughs> one of those. Right. Boy, this podcast went off the rails. Toot sweet. <laughs> 13 minutes in and we're talking about feces. All we right. cannot be stopped. No, we cannot. We cannot. Regardless of whether or not you send in stupid questions, uh-huh. we're going to talk literal shit anyway. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. That's what makes us so special, I think. All right, uh, where, where are we going now, Joel? You, you got the uh, you got the wheel. Where are we going? What other gimmicks have we got again? Crisps. Did you, have you seen the uh, two new crisp flavors I've got I did. over here? I did check out the Twitter feed once or twice this week. Um, yeah, what was it? One was Duran Duranish. What was it? Um, yeah, durian. Durian. Was durian. Okay. Uh, what is the that? Stinkiest of all fruits. Have you never you never seen or smelt durian? It, like, no. it stinks like. No. shit basically to keep with the running theme of this show okay, okay. all right in the really really smelly fruit all right and don't worry you, people you, don't, don't, about yeah yet. don't worry we're keeping with the shit theme we will get to tai chi in just a moment so just hang in there kids oh <laughs> that is good right, we're on fire today we really are so yeah what one was durian and the other one was salted egg yolk oh how was that I'm not trying either of those. No way. You gotta I gotta try it. Have standards. And gotta... I love crisps, but I've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, but you're the only one that can fucking give the feedback. Like, even if it's stink, even if it's the worst thing you've ever eaten, you gotta be able. You, you're the guy that we're all relying on on this. You, you it's you because you, we're not gonna get that in this. I don't even know what the fuck a Dorian is. Number one and number two, we're not getting egg yolk shit. Nothing. No flavor egg yolk. So you're you're our last hope, kid. You you gotta you gotta make this happen. All right, maybe next week then. That's going to be my homework. That's going to be fun. Maybe I'll put in a little live instant reaction video Ooh. on the old Twitter.com. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. A little live, yeah, a live eating. Ah, oh, now we're t- now we're getting the fucking subscribers. Imagine the t-shirt sales we'll get from that. Woo! 
Speaking of t-shirts, Damon, oh. I totally forgot. I didn't even have this in my show notes. Can you please plug the hell out of our new pro wrestling tees Kit, Everyone, it's finally arrived. And look, I have been, not badgered, but every once in a long time while we'll get, hey, t-shirts, it would be cool if you had t-shirts. And t- well, guess what? They are live. It's pro wrestling tees slash super jcast, right? So easy peasy, where you buy your wrestling t-shirts at Pro Wrestling Tees, you can find us. We are there. Right now we have three designs, um, which I love. One of which is, again, well, again, I think the, the logo that we have, I love. Um, and then the two other designs that we have currently. Um, one is crisps, right? Keeping with the crisps theme. So it's a bag of crisps with a... Very little, on brand, both of them. Absolutely. And the other one is a strong zero can. Again, guys and gals. I hear all the time, hey, how can we support Patreon or, you know, we can do that. Here's your opportunity. It w- I would love you forever. I would hold you and and make you feel warm inside if you made us feel warm inside and picked up a T-shirt. Now, here's the thing. We're not making a killing off these fucking things, right, by any stretch. Uh, and we kept the prices reasonable, right? Um, less than $20 U.S., um, so $19.99 is the t-shirts. You can get them in small sizes. If you are fit, you can fit into one. If you are husky like Damon, you can get one. They have sizes for everyone. So please, I, I would love you forever. Joe would love you forever. It would warm our hearts. If you bought one, you took a little picture, you sent it our way, it would be great. So again, prowrestlingtees.com slash superjcast are t-shirts, kids, are live and i'm obviously going to be at wrestle kingdom next january we're both going to be at the msg show there's a lot of fans out there who would like to meet us in person don't even think about coming to talk to us if you're not wearing <laughs> super j cast merchandise i agree right, seriously if you're not wearing one of those shirts get fucked oh don't even don't even, don't even look at us don't even don't yeah we want no eye contact whatsoever we want no eye contact unless you you're wearing our gear um i had a dream actually and i thought about this i might as well uh, do a little production meeting while we're here um that we had people in new york that if they saw somebody wearing a super jk shirt they got a prize so that whoever like it was my, me you whomever every you know, everybody that's in on it were, were like if they saw somebody wearing a, a shirt they would go up and get like an autograph 8x10 of Tanahashi or fucking this or that. I, I was like, oh, that's a pretty great idea there, Sleepy Damon. Um, so, I mean, maybe we do something like that. But he, again, I really – here's the thing. We've been asked a million times and we've done it to kind of satisfy that need. And we don't expect to sell young bucks fucking amounts of T-shirts. But you asked for it. We delivered. And, and quite, let's be truthful here. We spent – decent amount of money in our own fucking pockets to make this happen right so um again it would mean the world to us if you could make that happen pro wrestling tees.com slash super jcast buy a t-shirt yes and thank you to brett who you can find on twitter at house of urchins mm-hmm. for doing those designs for us now we have one more coming right we certainly do we have one more coming and we need to sell 25 shirts before we can upload yeah. more than four designs yeah. so if you want extra designs you know there's been a lot of demand for stuff like scampy club t-shirts mm-hmm. that could all happen but we've got to sell 25 t-shirts first so yeah if you're sitting there thinking i'm gonna wait for the scampy designs don't get get more than one yes i mean yes. there's seven days in a week you could you got three to go with so far 
Enough, uh, if you do your washing regularly enough, you could be representing our podcast every day of the week. Yeah, isn't that no. exciting? <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, my Lord. Uh, all right. So enough. We'll, we'll stop beating over the fucking head with it, but um, it would mean the world to us. We want to get 25 sold so that we can get the other designs up because, one, I'm so – I am really excited for the other one that's going to come up. Um, but I love the ones that we have right now. The Strong Zero one I think is tremendous and, and our logo and the crisp. So, again, get on it, prowrestlingtees.com slash superjcast. Okay, first thing I wanted to talk about New Japan related is the fact that there's a lot of new English language content coming out there. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube. We've mm-hmm. had little mini TV shows on things like the Bullet Club, the history of the US title, stuff like that. And the Twitter account at NJPW Global seems to have been under new ownership, new management. I don't know who's running that now, but they're posting a lot of good stuff. They're following us, actually. They are. So... Uh, my uh, first of all, have you had a chance to see any of this, Damon? Well, you know me, and when it comes to that kind of stuff, so I know it's there. So it's always like, uh, hmm, I'll get to it. And uh, no, I haven't gotten to it. I haven't gotten to the. Shit but here's the thing: like, I would say a, a lot of that stuff I think is aimed at newer fans because the kind of stuff that I want to see, I want to see like historical 80s. deep yeah. dives. Yes, yeah. you know, I want to see stuff like the history of the junior heavyweight title I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not interested in the history of the US title there is no history to the US title right. it's really new I'm not interested in the Bullet Club stuff but I get that that is going to be of more interest to a wider audience than uh, hardcore fans like us so I think they are going in the right direction it'll get there uh, I think it'll yeah. get there what I will say to our listeners is this uh, you should all bombard that Twitter account at NJPW Global with demands vociferous demands for an official new japan podcast uh hosted by me and damon so just everyone just tweet them constantly 24 hours a day (laughs) until they either give us an official podcast or go mad and shut down the account yeah because we spoke about it last week and if this dilemma does come up i've said it before if we do get the phone call from Harold May and he says, okay, boys, we want you to do the official New Japan podcast, but you need to mind your language. You need to toe the company line. You are not allowed to criticize anything anymore. You're not allowed to bury anyone. No talking about crisps or cats or strong zeros. You've got to praise who we tell you to praise, give the star ratings that we tell you to give and just generally do what we tell you to do. Uh, and you know what I would say to him? What's that? Where do I sign? <laughs> do you know Peter Rosenberg? I do. He, yeah, yeah. So he had a really popular. Well, he's. I think he still does have the, the podcast, uh, Cheat Heat, mm-hmm. and I was a huge fan of that. And he was a really charismatic, funny guy. Very good takes on the the landscape of WWE. And then he got involved with WWE somehow. I don't know if he was. He's signed by them on a permanent deal, but as soon as he sort of got his fingers in that pie, then quality of the podcast just dropped and yeah. it, it, you know it, the one day i was listening to him like burying raw the next week it was him doing kayfabe interviews with naomi so obviously he's been given the check and he's just totally sold out and is towing the company line and he's my hero damon <laughs> he's just i, I want to follow in his footsteps yeah <laughs> all right listen i i sam roberts is the same way sam roberts was uh an intern for uh one of my favorite radio shows the op and anthony show um, I thoroughly enjoyed and, and the lovable Jim Norton and uh, he was there and he was an intern and then he stuck it out with uh, Sirius uh, XM 
And he was always a big radio or big radio, well, big radio guy, but he was also a big wrestling fan. And he would always mention wrestling stuff. And they would always make fun of him. And um, and look at him now. He's on uh, he's on plenty of broadcasts, and uh, the hair never looked better. So yes, I'm I I could do the same, right? I could I could be the same. So uh, why don't we? Yeah, well, I would do it. I would do it. No fucking hard. Here's the thing, though. I really feel like, and I think that even though an official one, see, here's the th- here's my f- with with an official one. I think that they would grab like Kevin Kelly's a fucking workaholic apparently, so they would probably grab him to do it, and you know what have you, and that's that's fine. But I really feel like. And I've said it before that the, some of the best content is fan created content. Now, if they said, listen, Damon, Joel, watch the fucking language. <laughs> and they would say it that way, too. Um, you know, watch the, you know, you know, I mean, we could do that. But I I, I, I want to I, I really feel like they, that every company could use that. Now, again, um, because it's it's a it's a voice. I, I really think that we are a voice of of fans, and I think that's an important thing to have. Like like to to give out the company line is one thing, and I and, and I understand controlling your marketing message, but I really feel like the passion and the and the and 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 the fire and the true fan should I say, like goes out of their way to find a super JKS or. Uh, you know, keeping it strong style, or, or you know, wherever you wherever you find your content, whatever that the voices wrestling fly, flagship, whatever floats your boat. Um, WrestleMania is it? Uh, I mean, whoever, whatever one you want to fucking follow. That, that's that to me. Those things are are genuine and heartfelt, and where you really get the true passion for what pro wrestling fandom is all about. Um, now, I will say this as well, Joel. I can't think of. Any sport, and I, I can only speak of sport because I really only know of that from a podcast perspective. Like I'm not listening to an entertainment podcast or a you know because it's just not my thing. Not that I'm knocking, I just, I just I'm just not for me. Um, I can't think of anything else sport wise where the sport goes out of their way to finger wag the fandom like pro wrestling does. Right, like there's a lot of people in within pro wrestling that just fucking finger like we're the marks and we're the fucking you know just sit back and watch it <laughs> you know like we're like that you get that a lot and I don't see that in hockey podcasts I don't see that in football podcasts I don't hear that in in baseball podcasts I really think that's like a really th- like like imagine. This podcast, like if it were, so were a football one and, and being like, oh, we can't criticize Peyton Manning or Peyton Manning's retired, but you get my point, right? Or Eli Manning or Carson Wentz or fucking Nick Foles or whatever, right? We can't criticize their performance. Whereas pro wrestling, it's like, oh, you're, you know, just watch it. <laughs> I only feel that in pro wrestling. I think it's a weird thing. Anyway, we're on a tangent. I'm sorry, Joel. <laughs> what are we talking about again? I have no fucking idea. Um, we were talking. We were... This, this, this is a problem. This is why we're not getting a shout out from mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly because I'm I'm sure when he yeah. was aware of the podcast or he saw it pop back up in his podcast feed or whatever, he thought, "Oh, great! I'll listen to it." Listen to the first five minutes of us talking about feces and crisps and thought, <laughs> "What the hell is this?" Right, I can't say this on the yeah, yeah. Well, he still subscribes. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed that he that he does. He can't give us a little. 
little shout out every once in a while. I don't know. I, I, I here's the thing too, Joel. I will say this. Um, he's yet to do a Super J Cast shout, shout out. I don't know if he feels weird saying Super J Cast. I don't know. Maybe the name. Maybe he just thinks we're shit. I who knows? I don't know. But I just the name's great. I I love the What's name. With the name. I think it's just because it's like too close to Super J Cup. Maybe I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. All right, well then I don't know why. Listen, that seems like everybody else is getting fucking shout outs. It's pressing. Hey, listen, it hurts. All right, oh, whatever. All, All right, Kevin, if you're listening, yeah, come mate, on. We 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 put you over so much. Yeah, we and really from do. From the bottom of our hearts, because we mean it. Because yeah. you're great. But just <laughs> just, just a little shout out. Yeah. Show. I mean, listen, you made you. it. You made it all the way through past the feces talk. You made it this far, right? See, obviously you're listening, right? Come on. Maybe next time we need to do the Kevin Kelly ass kissing right at the top of the show. I mean, he'll come on this show, I guarantee you. Like, I guarantee you, if I send him a text, he'll respond. That's right. I get I, I, I get the text. I don't do no fucking direct messages, right? I get the text. Um, if I send him a text, he, I think he'd come on. I, th- I really do. I think he'd come on. But uh, but here's the thing. I know this sounds weird. I don't want this show to be all interviews because I've said it before. I think sometimes pro wrestling interviews with pro wrestlers sometimes are a little like oh, not really giving you much. Uh, but I think Kevin Kelly would be awesome. I would love to do a three way dance, a three way roundtable, a three way whatever the fuck with, with Kevin Kelly. I think that would be tremendous. Um, and again, I think he's friendly and fun, and he's just a good guy and. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll reach out to Kevin and get that taken care of, and, and then he can square away why he can't say our fucking podcast on a broadcast. Jesus Christ. All right. All right, <sighs> so sticking with the, the topic of this new English content, there was a documentary they released a few weeks ago called Our Memories of G1 Climax 28, and they recently translated it uh, where they put English subtitles on it. You haven't watched it, but I have, and there was some really good stuff on it. Or should I save it until you've watched it, or are no, you no, ever no. going to watch this? I mean, I'll watch. I might watch it, but why don't you, you mean you teased it. Let's go all in. Here are some highlights. There's a, a lady, a Yoshihashi fan, who, when questioned about the criticism Yoshihashi was receiving, started crying, like actual tears pouring down her face because she was so moved by the fact that Yoshihashi was being criticised. So we're going to get on to Yoshihashi I was, about to, I was about to say she probably had a real bad fucking weekend this one. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we had a lady who was saying she was a Hangman Page fan because he's handsome. Oh. We had a couple who are dating because of the G1. We had two of the most stereotypical uh, Gaijin Kenny Omega fans you could imagine. You know, tattoos, bullet club shirts, too sweet in the camera. Right. Uh, we had an appearance from Fraser, who, as oh. usual, was standing... Sonata, his boy. Yep. And also, I noticed watching this that the Yoshihashi courting by Tanahashi started in the G1. I didn't notice that at the time. That sort of flew under the radar. But it had a couple of backstage interviews and stuff. And Tanahashi was talking about Yoshihashi then. So it's been quite a long-running thing. And we also had a fan talking about Shibata's return. So that's on two separate documentaries, we've had uh, people talking about Shibata coming back. So Mm. take that for what it's worth. Yeah, is it good? I mean, listen, they 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 do they do a great job with those type of things, so I can't imagine it not being great. But um, yeah, I like the, I like the little peek into the fandom. I, I think it's a good yes. thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's I particularly enjoyed hearing about fans of all these different wrestlers and what made them fans of those wrestlers because sometimes you you don't think that somewhere out there there's a really passionate Yoshihashi fan or a Hangman Page fan and what got people into supporting those wrestlers. So that was really interesting. Uh, look at their fandom because that's something that fascinates me and I think doesn't get enough 
coverage and exposure is what the average Japanese fan is thinking because this yeah. is a Japanese promotion and they're the lifeblood of the company and often we're too focused on our narrow little western bubble and I would like to hear more stuff like the line marks and, and things like that where they're looking at the Japanese takes on what's going on in NJPW. Yeah and, and and again I think I've said it before too that you know especially when it comes to line marks they, they found a a, a, a niche is that the word niche niche niche, niche however you want to pronounce it um they found their angle um and they i think they they really satisfy um um a certain want out of new japan fandom i think they do a really good job and a creative job and they and i think they really hit pardon the pun they hit the mark <laughs> all right next thing i want to ask you about did you see this thing in the wrestling observer news about uh katsuya kitamura who yeah, uh, Dave Meltzer said apparently his leg got crushed in a scooter accident. That's why he's been on the shelf. Now I can't imagine a scooter being able to crush his leg. His leg is like it's huge. It's like made out of concrete and iron. I I don't know how it was like finally that got out. Like how does that get? I don't want to say covered up. That's a probably a poor choice of words. But how does that not get trickled down to people knowing that it was a scooter accident? You know. Like, that had to be one fucked up scooter accident, right? Again, that wasn't like a, a concussion at on a random match in the middle of Fukuoka, right? If this was a scooter accident, how did how did we just find out about this? I have no idea. I mean, my only the thing that just popped in my head may be, I don't know, he was drunk or something. But we've uh, got no idea of what the circumstances are and why they would go to such lengths to cover it up if it is indeed true. Yeah, I mean, again, I, uh, here's uh, another thing, too. And again, I, I, again, speaking completely out of my ass, and I'm sure that there are uh, many others who live in the country and who, who can speak to this or not speak to this or verify or not. But it does feel like when it comes to injuries and medical issues and stuff along those lines, privacy is, is really paramount, right? Like, like I remember... Uh, when uh, Baba's wife passed away recently. And you didn't hear, about, like, she passed away like a week before the news came out um, that she had passed away. Whereas here, it's like literally seconds after the, the fucking, you know, flatline of the uh, EKG machine, you know, it's already TMZ's got it on the fucking website. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty telling. I don't know. Man, there's just something about, I don't know. I don't want to get on this whole pro-Japanese culture thing, but Jesus Christ, they they just seem to fucking figure it out, man. I don't know. Man, I don't know what we're doing wrong here. All right. Now I'm getting okay. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, prepare to get more depressed because oh, we're no. going to talk about Kenny Omega's tweets. Uh, so <laughs> I talked last week about this thing that Tanahashi put out there talking that Kenny Omega's matches have no storyline and the only thing that matters is the last five minutes. And Kenny responded saying, strange accusation to make considering I've won more Match of the Year awards than Tanner's had hair transplant surgeries. Can't wait for Tanner versus Okada 71. I swear watching the same recycled match will be just as good in even slower motion. And then there was this big, uh, quote unquote, explosive interview on the New Japan website. And he said, the thing is, I know that New Japan all the time, they don't want to have to use me as their main event star, as their number one. Of course they don't. Look at the way they push Tanahashi. They still call that old fucker the ace. He still appear on TV. He has a movie in Japan. It's embarrassing. Absolutely fucking embarrassing. And it's lots more stuff bearing Tanahashi here. So I've got a few thoughts on this. First thing, 
why were they doing this before the Tanahashi versus Okada match? Right. Because that seemed to telegraph the result that if they're building their Wrestle Kingdom feud already, then that makes all the Kenny title defences and all the briefcase defences a foregone conclusion. Secondly, I've heard a lot of people criticising Kenny Omega for his comments, but I'm actually going to give him a pass on this one because he's clearly positioning himself as the heel here. And I think this whole persona of being an absolute egotistical prick who's only cares about the star rating of his matches, I think that kind of works for him. It kind of works for his character. What compromises this is... In the first place, Tanahashi talking about the way he lays out his matches. Because mm-hmm. why is the babyface talking about that? The babyface shouldn't be talking about match structure. The babyface should be saying stuff like, okay, Kenny, you, you just worry about getting your five stars. I'll give you a five-star main event, and then I'm going to kick your ass and take the title. That's what the babyface should be saying. So I don't like Tanahashi talking about the, the storylines behind the matches and all that stuff. Because where, where's the drama there? Like, what am I supposed to take away? That there's going to be a... a an ideological dispute between the two of them when they sit together backstage to lay out their Wrestle Kingdom match. Like, right. Where's the drama there? What am I supposed to be thinking? And the other thing that I would say to... What, one criticism I throw at Kenny Omega about all these comments is you do not bury your opponent. That's like rule one in pro wrestling. You don't bury your opponent. You don't call him an, an old slow man because then if you beat him, you've just beaten a slow old man. And if yeah. he beats you, well, you've just lost to a slow old man. So it seems like basic like pro wrestling promos 101 to put over your opponent in an effort to build drama for the match. So what are your thoughts on all these things that Kenny's like, been saying in Tanahashi? Like, I don't understand. Like, and I'm right there with you when you say Tanahashi talking about match structure and 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 how the last five minutes is really the important stuff. And... Again, it's 2018. I think the the uh, you know it's not 1979. You know, it's not the Destroyer and fucking you know Baba. You know, and we you know I understand that, um, but I just think it's weird that you're even mentioning something like match structure. You know, like just the, why would why would that even be in a conversation of hyping up a match because that's what their jobs are. I don't understand that that train of thought being in any wrestling promo to be to be truthful. I don't I don't I don't get that. So he's talking about match structure. Does the common fan, like does the average Japanese or do they care about that? Like do they is, is that something like like I don't see a Japanese fan giving two fucks about stars. You know who gives about stars? Westerners, right? Um, you know, when I go over there and I talk to my Japanese friends, they don't, they don't, they don't give a shit about star. They, they, they know a great match. Don't get me wrong, but never once have I heard, you know, Masa or Fumi or anyone mention stars. You know, when I first time I heard fucking stars in Japan was from an Australian friend. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, Meltzer gave it six stars, and we fucking pissed our pants laughing. Um, so uh, I don't, I don't see how that resonates with a lot of fans. Then Kenny follows it up with, and again, his his gimmick and his, you know, he's you notice how he's really no longer the cleaner; he's best bout machine. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but again, it's it's we're arguing over match structures and how we wrestle and all that stuff and. 
to me, that seems just missing the point. The point is, is that you're challenging for a title, kayfabe, you know? That's that's the storyline. That's what people are at the end of the day are hooked into, and the matches help lead, you know, help lend to that immersion in the the title chase. But but like I I don't I don't want a feud to be over. Who has a better match structure? Like I don't give a fuck. As a fan, I don't give a fuck. Right? I know both of them are great, but I'm not going to have that be the center point of why they're feuding. It makes no sense to me, and I just don't think it resonates with a lot of people. I could be wrong, but that that does nothing for me. Yeah, two guys telling each other that their matches are shitty and boring does not make me want to think, oh, well, when these two guys get together, it's going to be amazing. Right. This is not a good build-up for Wrestle Kingdom main event. Right, and again, it's uh, when we talk about stars, it's, you know, Kenny's, you know, pacifying, you know, you know, Observer readers and torch readers and people who listen to podcasts. Tanahashi, I don't know who he's trying to connect with on that one. Again, everybody understands it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. We all know that that underneath the surface of pro wrestling, yes, match, match structure is important. Yes, working ability is important. Yes, all of that, right? It, it helps us to determine in our own minds who we like, who we don't like, who we think is good, who we don't think is good. Um I just don't think that should be a, a focal point for a pro wrestling feud. It makes makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a weird. It, that was a weird stretch. And 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 here's the sad part about it. I think it's going to get weirder. I don't think I don't think that's going to ease up. I think we're going to hear more and more of that at leading the Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm not. I, I, that doesn't do anything for me. That I'm I'm not I'm not sinking my teeth into that. It's it's. It is stuff for us to kind of talk about to say, hey, Kenny has this style and Tanahashi has this style. Which one do you prefer? But you're right. Like, like at the end of the day, what are we? What are we? What is this match about? It's about, uh, you know, them them kind of hashing it out backstage. You know how they're working the match. I don't. That, I don't see how that is important. Now I will say this as well. It's about the friggin' IWGP Heavyweight Title, and which neither of them has mentioned in any of this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, now I, again, New Japan and 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 you know has had those instances where style and the way that people wrestle and the way that people work. Um, you know, we talk about that Anokiism a lot, and you know. I'm reading some stuff in 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 eggshells, by the way, which is an incredible, what a wonderful. If we haven't said it before, you know, we talked about t-shirts, buy our t-shirts. But if you haven't, if you're on the fence or you just haven't gotten around to getting eggshells, and, and again, we're, we're going to be on the podcast shortly. Um, we're excited for that. But if you haven't gotten that book, what a great resource. My my favorite books are ones that I just pick up, put down, pick up, put down, pick up, put down, use as reference, look at that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I, oh, I don't remember that. I got to look at that. Um, what a great job Chris Charlton did. Just fucking unbelievable home run once again. God, that was. It's just, I just needed to mention that. But um, in Eggshells, they, you know, they mentioned uh, build up to Ogawa and uh, Hashimoto and Styles and and how you know Anoki wanted to 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 have more of a fighting discipline and have that be the NWA champion um, at the time, and so it's it's always been a, a, a somewhat underlying current in New Japan. But again, I just think that this, this has gotten a little bit out of control, and I'm not into it. Believe it at that. 
Okay, uh, well, speaking of brilliant stylistic matchups, let's move on to the destruction in Beppu, which uh, took place on Monday, September 17th, in uh, Oita, in Beppu, where apparently there's a lot of the. What do you call them? So, is it the onsens, the hot mm. springs? Sure. Mm. And we're not going to go through the whole cards, just touch on the top two matches. So, we had our cartwheel death match for the Never Open Weight Championship, where the challenger Taichi defeated the champion Hiroki Goto after 20 minutes after a black Mephisto. So, mm. we laid down our ground rules for this challenge if it reached four stars if there was a general consensus of four stars Damon would be doing a cartwheel Damon I think you're safe so the people I consulted Joe Lanza he's given it the gentleman's three mm-hmm. uh, Gran Akuma two and three quarters John Carroll the leader of Taichi Twitter they're only giving it three stars okay. WH Park from Post Wrestling two stars and Dave Meltzer's given it minus one wow so <laughs> Across the board, the consensus is that no cartwheels for Damon. Nope. Um, now, I I get all the criticism because this wasn't a great match. And we've seen Taichi have much better matches. The Tanahashi match was better. The Naito match was better. There was more wrestling. This was just... The first three quarters of it was just Taichi doing his shtick. Which I get some people hate that. I like it. But I accept that I could be in a bit of an island here. I know there's some people who are into it too. But I will say this. This was a bad match, but I found it really entertaining. I couldn't take my eyes off it. And whilst they were Taichi was doing his things and sliding out the ring and all the run-ins and stuff, like I was kind of groaning, but I was also smiling as well. And I know this is something that the WWE fans like to say after their shitty pay-per-views where there's some like campy stuff happening they say oh i was sports entertained i was sports entertained here damon i wasn't bored during this match and what i also thought was notable is that taichi actually won in the end by doing wrestling he beat goto with wrestling moves he didn't it wasn't like a microphone shot to the head and then a a nut shot and a roll up or anything like that The, the the closing stretch was he seemed to win fairly but again that's not taken away from the fact that it was not the best match. I, I can't defend that. So, what were your thoughts? Uh, look, uh, the lack of cartwheel, and there wasn't even a doubt in my mind. There wasn't even like, oh, I might, I might have to, this might be a close, not, not even close. It wasn't even close. Now, I posed a question to you. And, and listen, I am not a fan of Tai Chi. I think he stinks. I just cannot, I can't, it's not for me, Right. Just not for me. And it's so so much not for me that it's even hand-wavable in the middle of a fucking card, right? In a, in a tag match or in, in just, you know, the minute I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. He is a complete fast-forward for me, right? And it's, 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 it's just not my cup of tea. Now, even with that said, what is somewhat inexcusable to me and again the last one that that, that i'm uh, that i can recollect a main event would be once again a suzuki goon member uh, suzuki elgin right remember that match and how just just ugh, like mind-blowingly awful that was this was worse i thought i thought this was worse um and again if, if it's middle of the card, I can somewhat even stomach it because at least I can justify it and say, well, look, there are people that like it. There's people that enjoy that. There's people that – and it serves a purpose, and it does what it does, and it's in the middle of the card, no harm, no foul, whatever. 
this was the main event, man. And again, these are these destruction shows feel to me like B level shows, right? I I'm not the biggest fan of spreading out what could be one solid card into three eh, shows, right? And this main event was, I would say, the worst main event so far in in New Japan. And again, you'd have to go back to that Elgin Suzuki match for me to give a, a, such a low rating. And I'm a, I'm in agreement with just about everybody. Um, in a main event, to me, that main event was unacceptable. Um, it, given the standards that we're accustomed to in a New Japan main event. Wait, so we're talking about the Naito Suzuki match here when you say the main event? No, no, no. I'm t- well. well I'm, uh, let me take that back. And I, and I misspoke, and I apologize. Semi main event. Semi main event. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can really defend that. I think we're used to a level of wrestling in New Japan, co-main and main event, and this wasn't it. No. I think had we had uh, a match like Taichi Tanahashi or Taichi against Naito, you wouldn't be saying these things. Am I correct? Um, I'm sorry. What was the So oh. if, if Taichi had wrestled a match at the same level as he did against Naito or oh, Tanahashi... Yeah. No, we would not. I'd be doing cartwheels. I, I, or at the very least, there would be arguments for it and against it and and if and truth be told i would probably be like all right you know what we're, we're we're close enough to it that it's justifiable that i'm fucking making an ass of myself and doing a cartwheel right i it was never in doubt it was never a thought in my mind that that my fat ass was going to be tumbling over on the fucking front lawn that was not even remotely a possibility and here's the thing the, the names that you, you, you mentioned, a lot of people know who these people are. It's not like these are just random schmoes. These are people that are respected. Their opinions are respected because a lot of times they're fair and sometimes brutally honest, right? Uh, but they're fair and objective. And, the, and, and even John, who, again, big Tai Chi fan, big Tai Chi fan, can look at it and say objectively that it's, it's, it's not there. It wasn't there. And um, look. It, to me, that's 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 the most that's the saddest part because given the Naito match and the Tanahashi match that Tai Chi had, he he has it in him, right? It can be done. Um, all you needed was just a smidge above what what he delivered there, and it would have been a home run. But well, lo and behold, you know whoever mapped out that match decided to do it the way they did it, and it was I got to be honest with you, I, after about the third or fourth one, I'm at, I'm on my phone. <laughs> I, got, I was like, just whatever. I can't fucking deal with this shit. So, okay, I'm glad everybody was in a, in agreement. I'm safe. Um, I look forward to the next cartwheel death match that we have. But um, look, Tai Chi's not for me, and and he should. Here's the one thing that I did say. Remember last week, though. What there is a a, a glimmer of hope for those of you who are not fans. There's a glimmer of hope, and even if you are a fan. There are going to be some fresh, new uh, things we haven't seen before when it comes to challengers and matches, right? I think the Never title got a little stale with the beefy, hard-hitting, Gocho, Ishii, Makabe, those people, right? Kind of got a little bit like, okay, we get it. 
this is a fresh perspective on on the Never title. And I think we will have fresh challengers and have different matches. I worry about it being tight. You know, let's be honest here. He's not the guy I would have given a fucking title to. But okay, well, here here's where we are. Do you think he's keeping it all the way to Wrestle Kingdom? Mm, we got what October, November, December. You would figure there would be at least one title defense. I'd say it's better than fifty percent. Let's put it that way. Um, I'll go. Yeah. I mean, we don't. We only have one title defense. He's got to get through. Um, so yeah, I think I think you'll have your wish. Your pants will be down in the middle of the fucking Tokyo Dome, watching him stroll out, lip syncing, uh, and uh, carrying the never open weight title. I think you have your wish. Scampy, what did you think of this tai chi match? <laughs> he said, "It sucks." There you go. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. And then the main event was a match between Tetsuya Naito defeating Minoru Suzuki after 32 minutes with a Destino. I'm seeing a very wide range in scores for this one. A lot Me of too. people saying it was really boring, lots of brawling and rest holds and complaining about that. And some people saying it was great and it, well, not great, but it was good and it was a lot better than the match they had earlier on in the year. So where do you stand? Somewhere in the middle of that, to be honest with you. I don't, I think it, it's, it, it struggled at times for me, right? There were times where it felt very lagging and, and it might've been in those, those earlier, early sections. Um, I did kind of feel like Naito almost had to get the fucking win here. Right. I'm at, and I, I said it last week. I, I can't imagine the Twitter verse and their heads exploding. Um, if, if Naito took the, took the fall there, um, I thought it was good. I, I, I'll be truthful. I, I, did you go four? I didn't go four on this. I went three and I went high threes, but I didn't go four on this one either. Yeah, I thought about the same, really. Again, there were too many spots where I lost interest and was just looking at my phone. Like, anytime there's crowd brawling, I just lose interest. Uh, there, I think the f- match was lacking any real stakes because they weren't fighting over anything. There was no title on the line, n- no stipulations, anything mm. like that. So you could almost forgive them for not going balls to the wall, proper New Japan main event style, because it's a bit of a nothing show. Everything was spread out too thinly. So... Uh, the long extended spots where he's got him in leg locks again, that wasn't really exciting to me because I think Tanahashi, when he was doing it in the new beginning shows, that was really exciting because it felt like there was something at stake. And dare I say, I think Tanahashi's selling was a bit better than Naito's. But uh, I, yeah, I just never really felt any drama, never really felt anything was at stake. I think they did actually try a lot harder than they did in their previous match. There were some crazy spots. Like I enjoyed... Suzuki smashing Naito over the head with a table and that the big hole in the table and then him doing that ridiculous uh, stomp through the table later on. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, no, what was it? It was a neck breaker, wasn't it? He went through the table. So mm-hmm. they were doing some quite dangerous spots that I wasn't expecting them to do. So I'm just trying to reconcile those moments where they did really try hard to put on some memorable spots with the brawling and the extended submission holes, which really didn't work for me. So very much a mixed bag. Okay. And again, you were, you weren't in the, you didn't reach four, did you? No. 
Yeah. I think I'd be going maybe three and three quarters. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's where, that's where I am. I'm like, I'm like, you're you're right there. Um, here's the general consensus though that I did see and hear and feedback that I got from from various people. Um, they're just sick and tired of for whatever reason they just want that to end. They want Suzuki and, and Naito to just be done. They're kind of and 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 I, it doesn't. I you know if you look it up, it's probably not as as glaring as as we're making it out to be. It's just this just doesn't have a spice, an element of 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 people really being invested in it. I think I think the fans of Naito want more for him, right? And they're really frustrated. Um, and you know, they're kind of like, okay, let's just get done with this so that bigger and better things can happen for this guy. Um, and that's, that's not happening yet either. Um, and it, and it feels like it's, it's evil and Jericho. That'll be the the next program for Chris and, you know, and evil. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a real puzzling time because the the Los Ingo Bernables fans are very vocal and very loud and very passionate, and yet they, I the feedback that I'm hearing is that their voices are not being heard. Yeah, and I do have some questions about that later on when we get onto the Kushida against Bushi match. But uh, again, I could kind of forgive both guys because it's we've been put in a bit of a holding pattern. It's a recycled feud. There's nothing at stake, no titles on the line, so you could understand them not show being at their absolute best uh, as opposed to, you know, if you put them in the main event spot on a big show with a big title on the line. So I'm just looking forward to both guys moving on to something new. Um, I was going to ask you actually about Suzuki and his match quality. He started off the year on fire. He had mm-hmm. some cracking matches. The Goto match is still one of my top 10 of the year at Wrestle Kingdom. He had a great match with Tanahashi at New Beginning. Even the Makabe match was decent and... Then it seems the G1 was kind of okay. And now there's this match, the the two Naito matches either side of the G1, a bit underwhelming. Where do you stand on this? Do you think Suzuki's year is tailing off a bit? Yeah, but I, I think it's a typical Suzuki year, at least in, in very recent memory, right? Even in, even in Noah, you know, he was good for two or three matches that were outstanding. And then, truth be told, the rest of the year might be a little, you know, uh, your your expectations get raised because you you know you have two or three quality stellar matches, and then after that, it's kind of like where where where's that guy? <laughs> where did he where did he go? Um, and that's that that seems a lot that you know people people know what he can do because he does it periodically throughout the year, but you know. Truth be told, the entire body of work for Suzuki, and especially in, in the past few years, this is just what you get. You get two or three really memorable matches, and then a lot of stuff that just doesn't quite hit the mark. Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's the dance partners. I don't know if it's just his mood that day. But, yeah, I think you can see that a lot um, in, in the sense of great matches, a couple a year, and then just others that just miss the mark. Do you think he's got to, or is is he likely to have a a big singles match at Wrestle Kingdom? Um, as of right now, I think he would. 
Um, I can't see him. I, I know people are, are salivating at the idea of him and, and Zach in, in some, type, some type of tag program. Uh, I think they would be a, just a tremendous tag team. I would love to see that um, and just run roughshod over people. Um, the teams that are currently in that mix, in that tag division mix, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. There, it's it's different, but not. You know, best friends don't do a lot for me. I'm gonna be truthful. Um, Kes seems like we we see them hot and cold throughout the year for the past couple of years, especially you know since since the return from Noah. Um, I would like to see something new and something fresh. Um, and again, for years we were clamoring for Ishii and Goto. That never seemed to, to come come to pass, and but you know maybe uh, maybe we can get on the the Suzuki Zach uh, bandwagon for uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Here's a suggestion from JDM on Twitter: Cody versus Suzuki, NWA champ versus British Heavyweight champ. How do you think that match would be? A bit of a strange one in terms yeah. of the dynamics because Cody, when he's in Japan, seems to work heel, and I'm not sure Suzuki will go all out baby face. So I think the dynamics of that might be a bit difficult. Yeah. that When you talk about styles and Tanahashi and Omega, to me, that is the ultimate... In-ring style. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the ultimate oil and water, right? Um, I, I just... I That's just a... Uh, that would be a weird match. Um, an interesting match to see if they could pull it off. But... In a big spotlight, I, I I'm a little bit hesitant to have that type of match. I think Cody needs to have um, an opponent that that feels like a Cody opponent, and I don't think Suzuki's that guy. All right, well, let's get into yesterday's show then. So this was Destruction in Kobe, the home of delicious beef. Oh, I know I've said it before, but the beef I had there is just ah, I need to go back. <laughs> So, uh, we had an opening match, Yota Tsuji and Yuya Uemura going to yet another 10-minute time limit draw. Yeah, I've been there from the start with these guys. Like I think I've seen all their matches that have been televised, all gone to 10-minute draws. And it's nice seeing them evolve gradually. Their looks are slightly different now. Tsuji, like I mentioned before... I think he's looking really good now with a beard. I think it's a good look for him. He actually reminds me of the sumo wrestler from the movie Bloodsport. <laughs> Got a similar look to him. And I like his intensity in the matches. Like a lot of barking and, and shouting, which I think helps him. I think adds to his uh, persona. And Uemura seems more like the, the undersized compared to Suji. The undersized baby face who's working from the bottom. He's got slightly, He's got the superior grappling skills. And it seems that in these matches, Suji is getting the upper hand. And eventually, I did ask Kevin Kelly about this a few months ago. He thinks ultimately Suji is going to be the person who gets the win over Uemura. Um, any thoughts on this match? I like I like the idea of two guys at the same level not being able to get one up on the other, right? And I did actually listen to the English commentary, and I like the fact, and it kind of got me a little bit even more into it in the sense of, I was hoping it would be a draw, right? So as the the, the finishing sequences were, were playing out, um, you know, there was moments where, you know, one would get the upper hand and then kind of fight back, and then there was one spot where they were both just teeing off on each other, and then 
and and time was running out and um I, I like the idea of two guys basically at the same uh, athletic level not being able to get one up on each other. I like the way that story is. And then here's the thing, too. What this does is is that when that win comes for one person or the other, it makes it that much more special to me, right? Because they very could they easily, right from the jump, could have been like, all right, one guy goes over, next guy goes over. Okay, this guy gets two, this guy gets one. You know, and they could have played it out, and they could have been, you know, you know, split seven to five or whatever. And I don't think it would have been as meaningful as they're literally looking for their first win um, against each other. And every time they go out there and they can't do it in 10 minutes because they're they're so evenly matched. I like that story. I like that idea. And it got me more into the match. I, I, I got to tip my cap to to um, get out to in, in, in keeping that draw storyline going. I like that. Yeah, I was listening to Rich Krejci who was doing an instant reaction show and he was saying that one of the appeals of this is you want to watch these matches to be the, to be there when eventually someone wins. Yeah. You want to see that first match where either Tsuji gets one over or, on Uemura or, or vice versa. So that's kind of the appeal. Like You kind of know it's going to go to a 10-minute draw, but you just want to watch it just in case to be yeah. there for the momentous moment when someone wins, which is going to give you uh, a big hat tip as to how the office viewed their relative standing like who they see as superior to the other and also another thing for me is that i like to think that this is going to end up being a big feud a big singles feud in several years time after they've gone out and done their excursion and come back and establish themselves and you're going to come back and you'll have the pre-match promo video packages that are going to be shown footage of these kind of matches and you'll be there thinking yeah i remember seeing their first match and when they were young lions and it will mean a lot more to you then Yep, it's a thousand times more memorable knowing right now that neither of those guys have a win over the, over the other, and they've gone to time limit draws every time. Like to me, people remember that. That sticks out more than again a seven to five. Somebody has the lead. It, that doesn't mean anything, right? This, like the next time they wrestle, people are going to be like, "All right, this this might be the one," and and you're going to be more invested. And here's the great thing about it: it's only fucking ten minutes, right? So if it doesn't happen, great, draw, great. Let's let's keep this program going. All right, and so second match, we had a team of Sho and Yo defeating Ren Narita and Shota Umino after eight minutes with Yo pinning Narita after a Falcon Arrow. Uh, I re- really like this match. I thought this was decent. And yeah. I quite like the idea of having two young Lions in a tag team against an established tag team because you know they're going to lose, but it gives them a chance to uh, show... Uh, I don't know. It's just not something we see very often. I'm finding it difficult to articulate this, but uh, it seems that their energy and passion pushes the established tag team to showing a bit more effort than they would if they were, let's say, wrestling against Tiger and Liger. No no offence to them, but it seems that when they see the energy of the young lines, it motivates them a bit more. Are you feeling me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's with the majority of young lines matches when when it's against an established guy. That, like they, the young lion's responsibility in that match is to take bumps, right, and to bring the fire, right, and 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 they do that, and they do that well, and and it does help. And I'm sure, listen, Sho and Yo aren't that far fucking removed from being those guys, so they might give them a little bit more than than say a Nagata or a Nakanishi or uh, whomever, right. So um, while, you know, the majority of the offense and the majority of, of the bumps 
um, are, you know, from the Young Lions teams, usually, uh, there are still spots where it's like, okay, they're, they're giving them enough so that they look somewhat competitive. And I think that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I like the match. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. Uh, I, truth be told, I like, of all the undercard matches, um, the next one really, I really liked a lot. And uh, again, I might be a little bit biased, but I thought, I thought the next one was, was, was one of my favorite matches of the night. Yeah, so we've got a bit of focus on the junior tag teams here with the junior tag team uh, league coming up. So third match, uh, we've got the team of Tiger Mask and Jushin Thunder Liger defeating the uh, champions in a non-title match, uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Tiger pinning Kanemaru with a clutch hold after six minutes. Um, so you're quite keen on this match, Damon. I loved it. I really did. I thought it was great. I mean, listen, they're not great four or five stars, but, but for... Once again, the the, the true heels of Kanemaru and um, El Desperado. I we love that tag team, um, and I like the way that the match started, where there was you know we're 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 going at a very fast pace, and a, and it felt like they didn't stop once. And again, we're talking about Liger, who is you know 106 years old, and and Tiger Mask is is you know right behind them. It's it's amazing to me. The fact that this could have very easily have been a five or six minute match, standard tag match, and we could have gotten the same results. But the amount of energy and the amount of hustle and the amount of, um, like just like I, I, you wanted Liger and Tiger Masks to win, um, just because they they were getting fucked over in the beginning. Uh, true heels, Despy and and, and Kenemaru. Really, one of the few tag teams that, or wrestlers in general, that doesn't rely on "I'm a cool guy." Heat. They're just fucking dicks, and they're great at being fucking dicks. Um, I again for for what for what was expected of this match. I think it overdelivered, and what you got in the six or seven minutes uh, was exciting and full of energy. And there weren't many. Yes, okay. Yes, we're going for the mask again, and you know how much I love that spot where we're ripping off people's masks. Okay, great. But other than that, I really didn't have much fault with this. Um, and and a surprise finish the boot, right? Surprise finish finish the boot. So, do you think this is setting up a title match for King of Pro Wrestling between these two teams? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I like the team of Tiger and Liger. I think. I underappreciated Tiger Mask before the best of the Super Juniors. And then when I saw his work during that, I reminded myself, hey, this guy's actually pretty good. And I'm always a fan of Liger. So I quite like the dynamics of the grumpy veterans against the dickhead heels. I think it works. I do too. And again, listen, people can hand wave Tiger Mask a lot. and, and, And rightfully so. There are times where he's just like, you know he's going through the fucking motions. Um, one of the most brutal examples of that it felt like was was that there was a Rev Pro show and it was Tiger Mask against David Starr and I, and I talked about it on this show where it, like it just felt like Tiger Mask gave David Starr zilcho gave him nothing. Um, so again, there's there's both sides of the Tiger Mask coin, but this time I I was I was thrilled with what we got over delivered and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a title defense and hopefully a win for Tiger and Liger. That'd be nice too as well. All right. 
Fourth match, we got the team of Manabu Nakanishi, Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroshi Tenzan defeating the team of Ayato Yoshida, Ryusuke Taguchi, Tomaki Honma, and Togi Makabe in 9 minutes 56 seconds with Yuji Nagata pinning Yoshida after a backdrop hold. Just your standard eight-man match with your New Japan dads. Nothing to see here, really. Yep. The only thing I was looking out for was Honma to see how he was looking. Um... I mean, I can't necessarily say anything was good or bad, but um, I, I, I did pay special attention to that arm. Um, and it didn't look as bad as it did the last time. But um, that, that was probably the one thing I was looking at the most was was the state of Honma. Honma Watch. That's yep. our new segment on the show. Fifth match, we got a, a tag team match with best friends Chucky T and Beretta defeating Killer Elite Squad, Davey Boy Smith and Lance Archer in 12 minutes with Beretta getting a surprise clutch hold pin over Lance Archer. So I said when we were previewing this that I thought the winner of this match would go on to face the winner of the tag title match Young Bucks against G.O.D. at the Long Beach show. But of course, they've traded wins now. So, are you excited to see the inevitable third match between these two teams? No, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm not. Um, I, let me ask you this though: B- match aside, right? And again, they all work hard. I just, you know, um, I had heard, and and if you notice, Lance Archer, we're not we're not uh, we're not the water fountain anymore. Or not the uh, spitting water. Is that a uh, is that a direction from up top, or do you think that's Lance just uh, deciding not to uh, waste and conserve water? I think it is a direction from up top because we got a question about this from Jason. He said NJPW has banned Lance Archer's spitting entrance, but for some reason that Taichi Goto match was acceptable. Uh, a, what kind of backwards ass world are we living in? B, could, can you mention Lance Archer's ass fans? of his entrance to tweet at NJPW. So I saw that tweet with Lance Archer saying, if you like my water fountain entrance, please let New Japan know about it. So no. someone must have said to him, don't do that anymore. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that, that, that does make sense. Uh, again, I, I know, look, I don't want to be spit on if I go to a wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know that, supposedly the fans are really into it and they want to I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass on that um, so yeah I'm, uh, I'm not going to say that's a good thing but I think I think we can do better than my gimmick is to take water and spit it on people and people being fans that's I don't know it's kind of kind of gross actually alright do you agree with me that singles Beretta is a lot more interesting than best friends? Yes. Yep. 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 Yes. And yes. Um, and again, I I know that there's a, a large pocket of best friend fans. That's they 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 find those two just so adorable. Um I mean, um I, They're I w- meme wrestlers, to coin a phrase from Joe Lanzer from the flagship. They're what wrestlers? Meme wrestlers, meme wrestlers, yeah. best friends. They're yeah, they're wrestlers. Tumblr, they're Tumblr wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's again, people like wrestling for different reasons, and that's totally fucking cool. I mean, you can like whoever you like. Don't get me wrong. Um, I would, I would like to see Trent in a singles program 
And, he, if, and when he turned heavyweight, you know, right out of the gate, he got that title shot. It did seem very quick, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess we're warming up best friends for tag league. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel that there's got to be a rubber match between these guys at some yeah. point to establish who are the next challengers to. Why does KES? Why does KES always get involved in these type of things? Like we had that with. Then we have this with God. We had this with uh, uh, War Machine. Like why are they always? Like it always seems like there's always this. Like they just can't establish dominance. I would be fine if KES just went in there and just won. And and destroyed and looked strong and just demolished people and we could just cut to the fucking chase. But there's always these. Oh, they lost. They won here. Oh, they lost here. Oh, there's gonna be a three way dance. And oh, what about like it just seems like a just WWE a, booking in it. It felt like I mean I, I mean I hate to say it, but it just like once again the tag division. Like we got the Young Bucks as the tag team champions. We got that. We're, that's a good thing. That is a that is a good thing. Boy, oh fucking boy! They they just—it feels like it's just uh, an afterthought sometimes, and it's just like just let somebody be dominant and be a strong challenger for the fucking titles, and then we have to go through all this nonsense. I feel they're doing a much better job this year with the booking of the actual titles, title matches themselves. I think they did do a really good job earlier in the year getting Evil and Sonata over strong, yeah, and then Young Bucks getting consecutive wins over them. So no trading wins back and forth there. It's like no, Young Bucks are the better team. Yeah. So I'm gonna give them a thumbs up for that. But just this undercard stuff. Why do we need to have the same match three times? I mean, just have one match with a decisive outcome, but then stick them in the eight man tags or whatever. Like I, I don't need to see this match three times. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it, they he, they love doing that. I don't know why they have they have an obsession with doing that. Those those back to back nights and back to back matches, and they split them. It would be so refreshing just to see one team dominate, take both, and away we go. Um, I've got a question here for, on the Discord from Mike, who says, "How do you feel about the idea of NJPW giving Chucky T a try on color commentary? I've always found it to be excellent in the informal environment of PWG commentary, and he really is probably better as a commentator than he is as a wrestler. Uh, honestly, old Chuck wouldn't be over with me at all if he wasn't so great on PWG commentary when he was doing that regularly. And I doubt I'm the only person who feels that way. They could try some sort of low-key pro chaos heel gimmick to revive the face heel dynamic that was so great between Callis and Kelly if they wanted." Frankly, I think there's at least half a chance that he would be fantastic as long as NGPW encourage him to be kind of loose and have fun with it. Um, I love him on PWG commentary. Um, it can get very inside and it can get very... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is... Uh, I want to go so far as to say, you know, exposing the business. <laughs> but... You know he. You know a certain demographic is is purchasing a PWG bowl of DVD, right? Um, they get the jokes. That being said, I think he did a good job when he was doing commentary that one time um, with Kevin Kelly. Um, I thought he was fine there, and I think he could be groomed into that position, that spot. Do you replace Rocky Romero? Do you replace Mark Warshetarana? Um, do you replace Don Callis? Like where do you replace Chris Charlton? Do you replace, you know, like where do you fit him in, in this? They're not going to pay all these people to come over and do commentary. That seems like a bit overkill. Um, so they'd have to make a decision on that, but 
I do like Chucky e. T on commentary. I do think he does a great job. Um, and he could be groomed in that slot if that's the direction they wanted to go. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed the work they did on commentary during the New Japan Cup. Uh, there's always a slight worry with him that he's too busy cracking jokes and is going to detract attention away from the actual match itself. But uh, I thought he towed that line quite well when he was doing it earlier in the year. So, yeah, uh, maybe they're going to have sort of a rotating thing going on. But uh, it does seem that Kevin Kelly and Mark Wozecker is what they're sticking with for the time being. So I don't think we're going to be seeing Chucky D coming back on commentary. But you never know. Uh, anyway, moving on to the sixth match, we have the team of Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi and Jay White defeating the team of Toa Hanare, David Finley and Juice Robinson. Jay White pinning Toa Hanare in nine minutes after the Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And again, I think uh, a lot of the things that we saw in this match helped to connect, not connect dots, but helped to extend the story of uh, what we would see later on in the evening uh, with you know Jay and... Uh, the Yoshihashi uh, interaction and, you know, at the end of the match, Jay White kind of, you know, saying, hey, you know, just believe me, you know, if you guys fucking just stick with me and, 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 you know, kind of follow my lead, that's, that's the way to victory. And, and, and the chaos team kind of, you know, kind of reluctantly and somewhat, you know, not reluctantly agreeing with it. So, um, I don't think the match was anything tremendous, but um, again, it was there to help further the plot lines as we moved along in the evening. And uh, seventh match, we have a, another six-man tag. We've got the LIJ team of Sonata, Evil, and Naito defeating the Suzuki-Gun team of Takamichinoku, Zack Sabre Jr., and Minoru Suzuki. Evil pinning Takamichinoku after 11 minutes with the Evil. So I... Don't really have anything to say about the match itself. Like we've seen this match loads of times on this tour, but um, I think the more interesting thing here is it seems that they're building something between Evil and Zack Saber Junior. Because Zack got the pin last time, and then Evil got the pin this time, so it seems that they're putting the emphasis on those two guys. So I was curious as to whether that is leading to anything directly between them, perhaps a match, or if we are indeed getting Evil against Jericho. It seems to be a bit murky there. Yeah, but. Uh, I also saw some interesting comments from Naito. Uh, I think it was after the Beppu show where he said, uh, I know it's important to put things the way they were, but it's also important to find the courage to accept change. Now, us Los Ingos are in that same situation. I'll leave it up to everyone to imagine what exactly I'm talking about. So I took this to be some cryptic hinting towards perhaps adding an extra member to the faction Mm -hmm. so maybe we are going to get a new lij member uh i think it was the line marks actually said on twitter that on the new japan profile page taichi was no longer affiliated with suzuki-gun so maybe taichi could join lij which would be incredible for me personally just to see twitter go to absolute meltdown it would so uh, what do you think the possibility are of LIJ expanding? Did you have any thoughts on this match, first of all? Well, um, I, again, you are right when you say the waters are very murky. Um, is it Jericho with evil? Is, is it Zach? I mean, we do have time here, but it does feel like an eternity with Jericho and the Intercontinental title, which 
to me, the longer this goes, the longer this feels like a misstep to me. Um, there, I don't know of what value Chris Jericho holding on to this title for this long without seeing his face, without seeing the title. I don't know what what positive that is. I guess my question is, is, is why, like, is there still buzz now that Chris Jericho brings with him being the intercontinental champion? Like, is there, is, are there people still clamoring about New Japan because Chris Jericho won? I know initially it was a shock and a surprise and it was the talk of the town, but I feel like that momentum is completely gone. Um, and I, and again, is that initial buzz that it got worth literally hundreds of days of just a stagnant cooling off of a title and and Jericho himself? Yeah, I said at the time that I thought it was a mistake, and I think I've been proved right here because we just haven't seen him. And I think the motivation was to just get the IC title on ice because there were too many belts. The same thing that they did with the six-man titles by putting them on Marty and the Young Bucks and us not seeing them for several months. Then so, don't have the belts. No, exactly. You know what They I mean? need to get rid of at least one of them, unify them, whatever. They've got to do something. It's too much. Um, now, to get to your, your question, um, what was your question? <laughs> um about a new member of LIJ. Oh yes, and 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 I don't think I could be dead wrong, but I don't think that people who are massive fans of Los Ingo Bernables want to see Tai Chi in that role. Um, you you are right. Twitter would lose its collective minds. Um, what is more depressing, though? is I think that this coincides a bit with the fact that we will not be seeing Hiromu anytime soon. If Naito is talking about an added member, that that's pretty telling to me that Hiromu is not expected back anytime soon, which is depressing, sad, because when you look back at the beginning of this year, he was one of those guys that you talked about uh, being an MVP or wrestler of the year, or, or at the very least, junior of the year when it came to New Japan. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, speculation. Again, we still have uh, Pac Neville that's out there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, free agents, we'll say, from a, J- a Japanese perspective, um, that you know have made themselves available. All right. So it could go any of those uh, areas. Um, but again, I think the worst news is, is that if, if in fact there is, that just means Hiromo is on the shelf for that much longer. Uh, Smiley1932 asks, since no one seems to be talking about them, what do you think the plan is for LIJ? Because they seem lost and soulless yep. for the first time ever. And another question, if you could change one thing in New Japan, what would it be? So dealing with the LIJ thing first, I don't know if they... They don't seem to have any plans for them. No. That's what it seems like to me. No, what's Sonata doing? Like, what's the program for Sonata? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's a rhetorical question. Right, right. right. What, all right, so now, again, um, 
obviously Bushi's not going to be your junior heavyweight champion. What's the, what's the plan for Bushi? What's the plan for Evil? Is it Zach? Like Evil, it feels to me, is the lone guy in that whole group that has a plan. That at least a direction somewhat. Like after Suzuki, and we're all fingers crossed and on our hands and he's praying that Naito Suzuki's run its course, then what? And again, that's what pro wrestling's for, and that's what booking decisions are for, is to create programs and and lead us to that match and the payoff and all that. We all get that. But right now they do seem aimless. And and which is which is boggling my mind because, you know, arguably they're the hottest thing in New Japan. And I know people were like, you know, people loved, you know, the fact that, you know, ah, oh, Naito didn't win. It's okay. Gates are up and everything's good. And you wouldn't have had Kenny win the title. And, and, and I agree. I, I listen, I agree. Hindsight 2020, I agree. But, uh, boy, oh boy, does it feel like the, uh, uh, who's, whoever that person was on Twitter, whatever their name was, um, nailed it. Because that's exactly the way I feel. I feel really that that group, Again, arguably one of the hottest groups in 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 the promotion is is aimless right now, and that to me is very, very weird. And I guess that will continue into our next match, which is the uh, let me find it the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship Tournament Semi Final with Kushida defeating Bushi in sixty minutes with his Back to the Future move. Now, just a little thing that I was following online. New Japan ran a vote on the application line where they had all four people and they were asking people to vote who they wanted to win. Uh, Bushi was the runaway winner with 4,137 votes. Second was Will Ospreay with 1,826. Kushida in third with 1,659. And Marty Skull only got 577. So Bushi was the runaway winner there. So uh, Bushi Life Matter, Bushi Lives Matter asks, why is Gado such a fucking bitch towards oh. Bushi, Lij, and Lij fans? <laughs> well, I think he's a little biased in that statement, but uh, um, look, I got bad news. Uh, the, Bushi's not your 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 junior heavyweight champion. Right? He's at best, he is. Um, you know, a placeholder when, if and when he ever does win that title again. That's the set. You're not going to build your junior ranks around Bushi. I'm sorry. I think he's past that, and I think he's the a filler defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's where he is. Um, now, again, we all know the little rumblings. You know that people have, you've heard before online with. Uh, you know, he's difficult to work with or he's not one of the better workers from a junior perspective. And and we've all heard that kind of feedback from various places. And I don't know if that's the truth or not, but you do hear that. Um, you know, he's obviously fourth in Los Ingo Bernabalus as, as, as in, in terms of importance. Um, and again, if you're a fan, you can be a fan, but, you know, if you're looking at it objectively... Well, that's 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 where he is, and that's his role, and you know that 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 is what it is, and and you're not going to get past an Osprey. You know, like like in the pecking order of juniors, you're not going to get past a Kushida. You're not going to get past an Osprey. You're not going to get past those you know major like Hiromo. Um, you're not going to get past those players. It's 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 
That's that's the hierarchy. And even to a certain degree, Marty Skrull. Um, I know people don't want to admit that, but that's 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 what we're looking at. Um, now, I don't know if that's a personal thing with Cato. I, I couldn't answer that. But, look, you know, the the world needs ditch diggers too, Danny. Uh, and and somebody put the shovel in Bushy's hands because that's his role. What did you think of the match? Good. I liked it. Um, I, li- I liked the closing stretch. Um, again, I was a l- I think one of the silliest spots in all of pro wrestling is the mist. And I hate the way that a referee has to just like literally go blind um, to not look at somebody in the face with their face completely covered in toxic sludge uh, and not be like ring the bell disqualification. It's it's one of those pro wrestling things that I just like how much you hate. What, what What's the move you hate? The Spanish fly? Yeah, Is and it, the Canadian destroyer. Canadian destroyer too. Yeah, um, you know, it like how that makes you cringe. For me, it's the mist, and then doing nine other spots while a guy is covered from from chin to forehead in green mist. It's just one of those things. Uh, I like the finishing sequence. Um, I like it was an emphatic exclamation point win for for Kushida, and um, I like the match. I thought it was. Want to give it four? Four seems to be our our uh, our measuring stick, but I give it four. I feel like I've seen better matches between the two in recent memory. Yeah. I recall them having a really good match at last year's Best of the Super Juniors, and the title match they had last year was decent as well. Uh, I thought this was going to be one of those matches with you know the brawling and the t-shirt choking and all of that stuff, but it definitely picked up. And yeah, like you, I enjoyed the closing stretch. So I think um, not their best outing, but still perfectly fine for what it was. Like you know, semi-final of a junior yeah. tournament. I'll go. Um, eh, you know what? I'm in a nice mood. I'm generous today. I'll go four. Just barely making four. Like here's the thing: if I if that if that were the cartwheel death match, we'd have a conversation. If if I, if I'm tumbling on the on the front lawn, we'd have we, that would be a conversation. Um, it, you could go either way. If you said no, I I wouldn't have a problem with it. If you went, yep, just barely, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I thought it was a good match. I think here's the thing: Kushida, fucking, how do you go wrong with him, man? He's I think he's just so good, um, vastly underrated. And here's the thing too, um. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, maybe we have you know, you know, like the early two thousands of uh, Liger making a heavyweight run um, and not doing too well. But maybe we get Kushida um, Tai Chi for a never title. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, it would. I think there's something you touched on last week about Tai Chi winning possibly opening up the door to some junior challenges and maybe being like a gateway for people moving up. So. Yeah, could definitely be interesting. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Osprey Marty Skull match. But gun to your head. Uh oh, that's everybody's favorite saying now. You know that. Oh yes, it's, it's like I uh, saw. Like I said, like like you know, just a just a crutch word. Don't, don't don't everybody get all panicky. It's just something that I say. And I hear Lanza says it too, right? Yes. Yeah. It it definitely was mentioned a few times on the flagship. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a, it really is a Jersey Philly kind of thing. It really is. I don't really hear people from Iowa saying, gun to your head, you got to fucking... And yes, I say it. So what? Get over it. Jerks. Making me feel bad and self-conscious. 
Jerks. Yeah, that's our next t-shirt design. Lean into <laughs> it, Damon. That's what I do. Um, anyway, gun to your head. Who's yeah. winning this tournament? Um, young William J. Osprey Jr. All right. <laughs> I added a, a bunch Good. in there. <laughs> I gave him a whole bunch of different names. Um, certainly not that... Oh, never mind. I was going to say something. Uh, hopefully that will help him <laughs> get, put a bit of money towards his getting a new car for his mum. Oh! Joe with the jab. Yikes. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. What Main else event. Yes. Main event. We've got uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Kazuchika Okada to preserve his IWGP Heavyweight Championship shot at the Tokyo Dome in 35 minutes, 43 seconds with a high fly flow leading to a pinfall. So, David, what did you think of this and where would you slot it in amongst their previous matches? To me, this was this was classic, again, dramatic pro wrestling. I really enjoyed this. I love the legwork for both guys. Um, I, I love the story that was being told. I was into it, hook, line, and sinker. I was uh, I was feeling the near falls, that, that closing stretch. I really enjoyed the pile driver spots. I enjoyed um, the high five flow. I always fucking trip over that high. Fly, flow. Uh, Although well, I like the idea of a high five flow where he throws a high five. <laughs> high five, everybody. Song. That'd be awesome. Um, again, him teasing those spots. Uh, the one to the outside again, wrecking his knee, um, and then hitting the, the the you know the one that he'll use to set up the real one, you know, to the back, um, or the the flying body press type version, um, catching um, Okada like we, where he tumbled off the 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 turnbuckle, and then instantly followed it up with a high fly flow. Um, I, I loved it. I was, really did. Sorry to interrupt. There was some chat about that on the VOW Slack about whether or not that was a, a callback to uh, the match against Shinsuke Nakamura in the mm. 2015 G1 Climax Finals. You know what? Uh, apparently T- Tanahashi hit the same or a very similar move in that match too. That is correct. Uh, Andrew Rich was pointing that out. Great job by Andrew Rich. Um, that is correct. And you know what? Now that you mentioned it, that is correct because I was, I don't want to say this, I was there. Uh, and I do remember that spot. So good job, Andrew. Once again, is Andrew Rich the greatest or what? Um Good job, good job, uh, Voices of Wrestling uh, Slack. Um, you're, you're too intimidating for me to join, but uh, I, I give you a tip of the cap from afar. <laughs> yeah, here you go, Kelly Harris. Uh, I would say there's some significance to Tanahashi breaking out a move that we've only seen him previously use on the former Chaos Leader and Andrew Witch chiming in, a move that was critical to him winning both matches. Great so, job, yeah. Excellent Great. stuff. Yep. Um, I went four and a half, four and a half for this, for, for this dog. How about you? It's difficult for me to say. As I said uh, to you off air, I was falling asleep during this match because it was oh, very late. I'd had a big day. He did. I did an escape room game where I was like crawling around under lasers and <laughs> what? moving statues and stuff. Yeah, have you done one before? I have. I had to do one for work, um, and I hated every one of the people that I was in the room with. So I was literally there were moments where I was like, you know, if I kill these motherfuckers right now, no one would. <laughs> Except the people on the camera, um, watch. It. But uh, I, I like. I enjoyed it, but like I, I don't think it's something that I would go and do again. You, you had a good time doing it. 
I love these things. I've done like five or six of them now. Wow. But this one was really good, really high production values. So, yeah, like I said, the, it, this one game in the space of an hour had like four different rooms. Oof. And one of them was like a Aztec temple kind of thing with lasers and I had to like go crawling on on my belly to get under the lasers and by the time it was finished I was sweating like a bastard holy shit uh, so I had a very energy oh and also I broke uh, th- th- it was like a kind of prison gate kind of thing and I wasn't sure whether or not it was I was supposed to open it and I ended up like forcing it open oh you broke the it. fucking rule oh my and God. the lady came running it was like no you're not supposed to do that I was pointing at the sign but it was in Chinese and my Chinese reading skills oh. are not great so I was like oh sorry <laughs> so I ended up having to do these all these other puzzles like collecting these little statuettes of figures of the the zodiac and putting them in the right places and then after I'd done that this gate which I'd already broken sort of slid open I was like oh, okay <laughs> Yeah, doing the, uh, the 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 cane in the steel cage gimmick. Um, yeah, that must be Joel. <laughs> um, I get a bit overexcited during escape room games. They're, yeah, I, yeah, I really get into them. Good for you. All right, well, again, what did you think of Tanahashi Okada? Where right, you- so as I was saying, I was really tired and I was kind of falling asleep, but it jolted me to life towards the end of it. Like with these matches, the opening. I dare I say 20 minutes, 15 minutes are always slow build up, yeah. leg work, building up the psychology of the match. And then when it kicks into the final gear, you always get fireworks with these two. And this was no exception from, I, I need to go back and rewatch it, but I, I, again, I thought it was fantastic. I think their trilogy this year might be one of the best in terms of a calendar year trilogy between two wrestlers I'm struggling to think of many others I mean I guess last year there was the Okada Omega trilogy but this year I think there's a fair shout for Tanahashi Okada being one of the feuds of the year in terms of in-ring stuff they're just amazing Um, and and again the the dramatic pro wrestling If, if we're talking about styles and we're talking about you know how match structures are I I I'm sorry, I just don't know of anyone else that's better than, than Hiroshi Tanahashi at that. Um, it's it's amazing how captivating he can make some of the simplest things um, and the build and the drama that's involved in it. So, um, yep, four and a half for me. Um, I, I really like the stories as well with this yeah. match. So you've got Tanahashi who is, you know, I, I hate to use that phrase by Zack Sabre Jr., but held together with you know, athletic tape and hairspray, but he was really selling it that his body's kind of falling apart on him towards the latter stages of the match and the selling of the knee while he was trying to hoist his broken body up onto the turnbuckle to do those high fly flows. That was really compelling drama for me. And the whole story with Okada and being broken Okada, having lost his title. And then on top of that psychological trauma, having all this shit to deal with, with Chaos and Jay White and Yoshihashi and all that stuff weighing down on him and him coming out and trying to be focused and determined and very, not heelish, but definitely have a bit more of a ruthless edge going after the knee. But eventually all this stuff, all this um, psychological uh, turbulence being too much for him and that eventually costing him in the end. Yeah, And, and, and also with Tanahashi again, the ultimate babyface, you know, he's not going to get the win because he's got to get through. Like the reason why this match occurred is because there was doubt in Tanahashi's mind 
of, hey, am, am I skating by here without really looking at Okada? Um, and he he banned up and said, all right, fuck it. We're putting this contract on. And notice how they never say briefcase. They always say uh, certificate, right? They never, never once do they ever say the briefcase is on the line. I think that's a... A, uh, a purpose, purposeful thing. But um, anywho, uh, again, Tanahashi, there was one point where, again, he could, probably could have won it by count out, but he was like, nope, fuck that. We're, 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 we're getting a pinfall because I need, if, if, if this is going to occur, if me going to Wrestle Kingdom is, is, is what is in the future, I got to beat Okada. And again, let's right now, as it stands, it is pretty significant in the sense that uh, Okada is not in a main event. Um, and that's, uh, that, that, that is pretty historic, at least in modern New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I was really surprised by this, uh, given that I thought after the Dontaku match, and even going further back to the Wrestle Kingdom 10 main event, the story was that Okada is now better than Tanahashi, and he's put Tanahashi in the rear view. But now, obviously, as I mentioned before, this is a different Okada we're talking about now. So, um... I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he lost it. Uh, I've been there before. All right. Well, listen. Uh, you, it'll come back to you. You 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 collect your thoughts. But I will say this. So not only did we get a stellar main event, which I think, to me, it's really a, a, a fight between this match and Omega and Ishii from the first night for your your best matches of the of the three days and I'm, I'm somewhat given a tip of the cap to this match over and i don't even think this was one of the best like i wouldn't put this match in like their top three or anything like that um like but like i, I like i would put this near the um maybe the g1 time limit draw um the and, and and I think this was match of the of the destruction tour, for for me anyway. But then obviously the the biggest news and the biggest story and the biggest connecting of the dots was the the post match angle where, again for me, off the top of my head, you're going to have to go back to Kenny Omega booting out AJ um, in Bullet Club at Cork and Hall at Dash. And again, their their hands were were forced on that one. That was certainly not something that was mapped out and planned out like this was. Um, but that's really the, the last time I can really think of of, of 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 a significant, significant turn and angle to lead to uh, you know what what now looks like to be a Wrestle Kingdom semi main event. I remember what I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say the, the symmetry with a G one match where at the thirty minute mark they were in the same spot as they were in the G1 match when the time expired with Tanahashi about to go for the second high-five flow. And it left you wondering in that G1 match, oh, what would happen if they just had another five minutes? Would Tanahashi go on and beat him? And it left you hungry to find out what would happen. And now we know what would yeah. happen because it, he did go on and win. Yep, yep, you know, you're exactly right. And and again, it wasn't that far off of the 30-minute mark, right? So again, for those G1 matches and those time limit draws, all they needed was an extra four or five minutes because it wasn't that much longer after the 30-minute mark that the pinfall occurred. So, yeah, that's a very valid, absolutely good point by you. Worth coming back to. Okay, well, let's talk about the post-match angle. So we had Jay White coming out and attacking everyone. 
And then, then we had Yoshihashi and his moment of glory tearing down to the ring to make the save and he slipped and I guess he smashed his face into the side of the ring because when he got up onto the into the ring he was all bloodied up and dizzy and I think he had to be taken to hospital um I let me see I, I did have an update here that was oh, you mentioned on the discord group uh yeah Chris Charlton said that he was taken to hospital for a checkup um Juan from the line marks was in the building and said Yoshihashi did walk to the back under his own power but was understandably wobbly um so yeah he did a tightest O'Neill basically he really did. so <laughs> we got a lot of questions about this uh they were quite funny so I'm going to read them out um okay. Brian says did Yoshihashi accidentally become the first time someone made you laugh and get worried at the same time, in addition to making an angle accidentally more powerful and violent by mistake. Uh, Jeremiah, was that the most Yoshihashi has ever Yoshihashied? And Tyler <laughs> said, uh, Yoshihashi's Biff and I'll look like a blade job gone wrong. How likely is it that he stays involved in this storyline? So what are your thoughts on this whole Yoshihashi thing? I think they nailed it in the sense of, yep, it was the most Yoshihashi thing that could possibly happen, right? It couldn't have been anyone else but Yoshihashi. And the weird, not the weird thing, but the sad part about it was, was the cre- the crowd kind of reacted to it. It was with laughter, you know? It was, you know, they, it, what was to be a very serious and dramatic moment for at least a second or two was met with guffaws <laughs> and laughter. And that is not what we wanted. Um, I, I had to watch it at least twice. Because I'm watching it, like I was watching it at the Eagles game in, in the press box, and like I was like, did he just slide under the ring, right? Because the camera shot was was like a hard camera looking at him, and it looked like he just dove underneath the ring. And I'm like, well, maybe he's trying to like pump fake him out, and he's going to wind up on the other side of the ring to attack. Like I don't like. I was like, okay, that didn't make much sense, but that's the only logical explanation I could. T- so I had to like do the thirty seconds backwards thing. And I looked at it again, and I'm like, that motherfucker face-planted. <laughs> he landed square on his fucking head. I could not believe it. I felt horrible for him because, I mean, listen, I hope he's not hurt. I hope he's not concussed. But for fuck's sake, I, yeah, that person nailed it. It is, it is the most Yoshihashi thing that Yoshihashi could possibly do. And there is no one else, no one else that... Like if you took a if you took a survey right now and said okay there's going to be an angle but somebody's going to run to the ring and do a Titus O'Neil type face plant trying to make a save I guarantee you that the majority of the people would say yep it's it's Yoshiashi who would be that person absolutely and and no I don't think he'll be included in this anymore I think I, I not because of the, the the face plant I think it's just um I think the real reason why Yoshiashi was brought out there was because it would have looked obvious, very obvious, if Gato was the person to to be the first person to come out, right? You could smell the turn a mile away from there. At least this had gave you a little bit of pause before the actual turn occurred. Yes, uh, I think also Jay White helped save it somewhat by wiping Yoshihashi's blood all over his own face. I thought that was a nice touch and fit mm. with his sort of psychotic persona. So... Speaking of that Gato turn, um, it was really interesting when we first got wind of this 
news about he's not going to accompany Okada to the ring anymore. And we all thought, oh, that's interesting. That's a bit strange. Yeah, but and who said, course, wait a minute, who said me? Let's give me some props here. I said victory lap for Damon. That's it. Victory lap. I mean, I was the one to say, you know, it doesn't to, to just do this doesn't make much fucking sense. Right. There, this has to be included in here somewhere. They're not just going to have a presser and be like, oh, that's the end of us. Okay, bye. Okay, see you later. All right, bye. You know, that that's just not going to happen. It's pro wrestling. You can do anything you want with it. Well, here you go. Here's where, here's where it was. So, yes, I'll take a victory lap for that one. I've got a question from Golden Loving. So, do you think Damon could swing a chair to Okada's back harder than Gado? Yep, it wasn't the absolutely. best chair shot in the world, was no, it? No, it was shit. That was a, that, look, I'm not going to lie. That was shit. And I will go so far as to say is this. If I were ever in that opportunity to to do so, I'm gonna let that person know. Look, this is this is an angle that's leading up to Wrestle Kingdom, and we're hoping to get a nice gate here. I, I, I'm gonna lay this fucking chair shot in a little bit, right? Um, it's going to be laid in. Um, my apologies to you in advance, and if there is a receipt, all right, I'll take it. But I'm laying in this fucking chair shot. That was a shit chair shot. Like, I saw that, and I was just like, oh, God. I mean, it was like, it was backyard pro wrestling chair shot, you know? It was, uh, I don't know. I did not, I, I was, I was, I was shocked and a little bit embarrassed for Gato. You know, for, for such a great angle, there were a couple fucking moments in this. Like, at the execution in certain spots here was left a lot to be desired uh, for such a major uh, occurrence to, to, to happen on a New Japan show. But even with that said, I still think the angle was fantastic. So, okay, so here goes Gato uh, turning on Okada with a weak-ass chair shot, all right? Yeah, so that was an interesting one because I would have thought of all the wrestlers who don't need a mouthpiece, Jay White would be one of them because his backstage promos are fantastic. But I guess my thinking behind this is that they want a Japanese language mouthpiece for him to really get him over with the local fans. Is that how you're seeing it too? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a, that's an absolutely valid point. And you know, even with all this, you know, chaos in fighting and him being a manipulator, I really don't think people saw him as like a major heel right this this establishes him as a fucking dick and and again the turning of gato and you know that whole scenario and aligning with jay white um it does really establish the lines of okada's going into this as the as as a baby face and an extreme baby face to get revenge on the prick that turned his back on him and the guy who you know has from the inside out, tore apart his faction. So I'm assuming this is going to lead to Tanahashi versus Jay White at King of Pro Wrestling for the title shot. And surely that's a Tanahashi win because it seems that the direction moving forward is going to be Okada against Jay White at the Tokyo Dome. We've got a few questions about that. Uh, Markeem says, are you guys excited about it? Do you think the match will have some sort of stipulation behind it? Or do you think it's a big enough match for the Dome? And then John asks, uh, does the winner of the Okada-Jay White match also win custody of Yoshihashi so oh. your thoughts I mean are you with me that Tanahashi against Jay White at King of Pro Wrestling is the direction I mean he did lay out Tanahashi in this whole deal too you know so and he beat him in the G1 yeah. so he's got a claim to it but he's not going to win is he yeah but does that do more damage to Jay White so Tanahashi's going to beat him right I, I mean if, if, if this goes as planned, and then he's now going to fight Okada at the Dome. 
the only the only real thing I can think of is if Okada fucks him over uh, in that match in some way um, to then help further along Okada and Jay White. But I, I mean, <sighs> you would think that that King of Pro Wrestling is where that would occur. Um, but that again, that I just. And, and obviously White can't win. He's not, you know, going to go into that with uh, you know, taking the briefcase. So I don't know. That's a weird one for me. Um, I would honestly, truth be told, I would not want to see that match at King of Pro Wrestling because because the logistics of it doesn't do anybody any favors. Tanahashi beats Jay White. Okay, great. He got a little bit of revenge, um, but that hurts Jay White in his match against Okada. Like. Like it just, he just seems like not of their level. Um, so I would rather them not do that. I kind of hope that they don't. Okay. And what are your thoughts on Okada against Jay White at Tokyo Dome? <sighs> I'm not going to lie. Gone to my head. <laughs> uh, right now, Omega. Tanahashi, which would be awesome. It would be great. Jay White, Okada. Excited? You're going. I don't know if I am. I'm excited about the main event. Yep. I don't know about Okada against Jay White because I... I still yet to see that breakout Jay White match where he proves to everyone that he can deliver in a big match right. on a big stage in that New Japan main event style. I'm not. I'm not. Again, we have a long time to go here that we can build to this. But you're right. I mean, Jay White in the ring with Okada. Okada is going to bring out the best in Jay White, and I really do feel like Jay White can go. Like I don't. I think a lot of this has to do with again the character development and the telling of the story and getting to this point from a storyline perspective. It's not a sexy matchup to me. It's not. Um, the The dome is going to do what the dome is going to do. Right, the dome's going to do a, 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 a more than it did last year, and more than it did the previous year. Right, I'm not worried about people showing up and buying tickets. I just, I, I don't feel it in my heart right now. And again, we're, we're establishing new stars. They're going all in on Jay White, kids. If you're here's the thing, if you're on the fence with Jay White, you're shit out of luck because <laughs> they're going all in with Jay White as as uh, you know, it's obvious with, with this angle. Um, I have a question ha- on that. Okay. Uh, Nathan says, is the Jay White push too much too soon? Because I was thinking this has got to be one of the biggest post-excursion pushes since Okada. I mean, obviously he hasn't won the title yet, but if you look at Jay White's 2018, it's been remarkable for someone yeah. who just only just came back from excursion. They're making a, They're making a new star. I mean, you could see that in, in G1. And, you know, Jay White was in it to the very end. Um, you could see it with the angles with Kenny Omega. You, I mean, again, they, they were. They, that's one thing about New Japan. When they have a direction, they do not waver. 
it's it's rare that they get really hot on somebody and then just fucking pull the rug from out from under them. You know, I know, and and Naito fans are sitting there screaming their heads off. Well, what the fuck? And it's not that extreme yet, kids. Um, but then when they when they when they when they commit to a person, they they're committing to a person. Is it too much too soon? I'm, I, look, I'm going to give you the old time will tell. I, I don't think I think the jury is still out. They're putting they're they're putting him in a, in a spot to do well, and this will be number two semi main event. Back to back, they're making the star. They're trying their best to make a star. Whether it connects, again, time will tell. But uh, right now, on paper, I can't say that I'm really pumped up over the idea of Okada J White. Okay, uh, Michael says with the main event of King of Pro Wrestling appearing to be J against Tanahashi, what would you do with a heavyweight title? Um. Look, the story going in is is dependent upon contract situations, and I hate to be that clinical about it, but it really that's it. Um, for King it, of Pro Wrestling, well, not for King of Pro Wrestling. I don't. I mean, I think that's what the question was. Like, oh, what sorry. would you do with a, the heavyweight title at King of Pro Wrestling? It's got to be a simple defense. I mean, like, unfortunately, if if you are defending it. It's going to be somebody that, you know, I hate to say that I don't think anybody thinks Kenny Omega is going to lose to. Um, I don't think you go into it with like an Okada or anybody like that. I mean, you'll probably get like a, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if it's like a fucking Tamatanga or something like that or Fale? And this is what I was thinking, like we've got this Fighting Spirit Unleashed card coming up and if we're not I'm talking not about it at all. Nothing, nothing announced for Kenny Omega there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got questions coming on that later, so we'll hold off on that one. But okay. I guess the, the short answer is we've got no idea. No. We don't even know what's happening next week with the IWGP Heavyweight Title. So how the fuck can we guess what's going to happen at King of Pro Wrestling? Because they they've given us nothing here, no breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, what do you? What? I, I mean, you got the guy shooting interviews, you know, fucking talking about a match that's f- you know four months away. So what are you gonna do? I I I can't answer that, but what I I don't think it's got, if, if he does defend it, it's going to be against somebody that I don't think anybody thinks that there's a snowball chance in hell that he wins. All right, Ben says, do you think Okada will split away from Chaos and form his own unit? Any thoughts as to who goes with whom? So this, this does seem to be building towards some, I mean, perhaps a new uh, faction appearing. So, okay. what are your thoughts on that? I'm done with factions, man. I got to be honest with you, I'm fucking done with them. Seems like it's that's it's always that like this has been the year of the faction in fighting. I'm kind of over it. You know, between Bullet Club and now Chaos, I'd be happy with just how about you guys just be fucking wrestlers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you have to be in a faction. Um, well, Okada form his own. Yes, Team 2018. <laughs> Little little nod to Chono's team. Right, listeners, no more questions about factions because it, yeah. it's just absolutely destroying Damon's energy level. So it knock does. It off. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank right. You. Uh, JDM says, uh, "What do we take from the six thousand two hundred ish attendance? It's about the same as the G one A block at Budokan with the same headline. It looks like Okada Tanahashi has a floor of about six k, and this Tanahashi win means that there's still life in this brilliant feud." Um. Yeah. Good point. The 
I, I think so. I mean, I think I don't think people are sick of him. Um, I don't think people are sick of Okada. I don't think people. I think people still connect with those guys. Now that's a challenge because you know, the, not maybe not Okada because he's you know really just now approaching his prime. But you know, Tanahashi is is as much as they want to push down your throats that he's you know not past his prime. He's past his prime. We all know that. You know, it's it's he's he's on the downward slope. Um, they look. They are investing in new faces and and new talent, and whether they connect or not, that's really going to be the 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 barometer of of the successfulness moving forward. Is is the new stars? Um, I, but I don't think I don't think right now, as we speak, they still have plenty of shelf life when it comes to Okada and, and Tanahashi. All right, leading on from that, uh, Sean says, how much, how good of a match can Omega versus Tanahashi be Great. in all reality? What chemistry will they have? What's the case for the belt changing hands? It's hard to imagine Omega only having the title for six months, only to drop it after a small handful of defences. So the second point, I guess you mentioned earlier, Damon, it's all about the contract. Yep. So we don't know what the status is with that. So whatever they deal they can or can't bash out, I think will directly affect the outcome of that match. So uh, I think this could easily be a five-star match of the year contender because they've had one match before. I, admittedly, it was a long time ago, but um, it was great. So Tanahashi has proven that he can put on excellent matches uh, in the, his current health, and so can Kenny Omega. So I don't see any reason why this main event won't be brilliant. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, the theme of the show being Styles, and, and and philosophies of pro wrestling, you really have the the most dynamic pro wrestler in the world right now, and the most dramatic pro wrestler in the world right now. Um, I can't imagine that being such a a, a clash of styles. I, it, it'll be great. I have I have zero worries that that won't be great. Um, and Tanahashi never doubt him in in, in a Tokyo Dome main event. De- never doubt him. Um, he he will deliver as he always does. And Omega will continue his streak of outstanding, mind-blowing performances. So not, not, a, not a care in the world about that one. I've said it before. They give Tanahashi his old high-energy theme music, and I'm Ooh. adding an extra half star to that. <laughs> um, all right. Ewan asks, with the lack of build to Fighting Spirit Unleashed and King of Pro Wrestling, coupled with some very mediocre destruction shows, it feels like New Japan is lost and has no direction. If you're oh. booking, what would you do to garner interest in the product? I wouldn't go that far and yeah. say it's lost and has no direction. There is direction, but I think, taking the first point, I think they do seem to be struggling with building interest in these uh, US shows because I said we were going to preview this there's nothing more to preview we really just got isn't. the same three matches we had to start yeah I mean they they might announce something like Monday morning you know <laughs> that, that's usually how those fucking things work but uh, yeah I mean what do you I mean they I've again I think they've done a, a, a I wouldn't say a terrible job of leading into this US show but it's just a, it is an average show with very little buzz i mean we do a new japan pro wrestling podcast and it's not really that high up on our radar i mean we had some pretty important meaningful shows that we had to talk about but you know we're finally getting to this show that i can't say that that there are many people in new japan fandom world that that i'm hearing a buzz about again i'm not mr social media 
Joel, you're you're more tuned into to that than me, but I'm not hearing anything. My friends aren't excited for this. Um, it's it's. I think maybe this week you'll you'll hear a little bit more buzz and excitement, but you know it's it, it's it's flat. It really feels flat to me now. Do I feel New Japan as a whole is flat? No, it's just you know ebbs and flows. You, you can't. You just came off G one. G one was fucking tremendous. Um, it, it, is it is it right now? You know, two two months, and we're fine. You know, it's we're we'll, don't give up. Don't jump off the, the boat yet. We're you're you you got a long way to go. You can have a little patience. Hang in there. I would have said that through this destruction.